0: Thank you for joining us at Creative Church. We pray that this word blesses your heart and blesses your life, and if it has, I want to encourage you to feed what's feeding you and give to what's giving to you. The easiest way to do this is to visit creativechurch.com give. Thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you click on notifications so you never miss an encouraging word from Creative Church. And we've been in a series, this is our, our final week uh, on this series, The Blessed Life. And uh, we take, uh, you know, several weeks out of the year, uh, out of 52 Sundays, and we talk about uh, biblical generosity. It's the number one prayer request that we get as a church uh, or as pastors every, every month. And so uh, because of that, we take uh, a, few, a few weeks out of every year and we do a series um, called The Blessed Life. And I would also tell you, um, more people get saved in this series than almost any other series we do all year. And some people would think, well, with visitors coming, you know, you're getting out tickets, you know, why talk about money? Because money's dealing with the heart. Guess what salvation's dealing with? The heart. And more people end up giving their We had 97 people give their life to Jesus Christ last Sunday between all of our services. I don't know if you think that's common, but it's not. Ninety-seven people got saved. And so I believe there's some people that are going to give their heart and life to Jesus Christ today um, as we share this word. And so uh, I'm, I'm thankful uh, that God has given us the vision to declare the word of God with truth. Grace lets people belong, but only truth sets people free. Amen? And that's one of the things I love about our academy is that it is going to be a school that teaches our kids truth. And uh, we've had such growth in our academy. Uh, the, we, we started mid, mid-year last year. We had 60. And this year, it, it's just exploded to 220. And now we're going on a wait list. And we, we actually are still in need of a couple extra teachers, uh, a couple extra instructors. And so if there's anyone who's interested, you've got interest, please email us. Let us know. Uh, you can email our, our, our leader of the academy, page. At uh, mycreativeacademy.org, or you can come to the orientation tonight, whatever that might be. But are you guys ready to get in the Word? It's four of you. Three, maybe it was just three, are ready to get in the Word. You ready to get in the Word today? Are you hungry for the Word? All right, stand with me. Grab your Bibles. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Standing for the Word of God is actually a biblical tradition, it's not a black tradition. Our white tradition it's our denominational thing it's actually in the Word of God I'll teach you that in an upcoming series but uh it's it's honoring the Word of God how many of you believe in honoring the Word of God right we live in a world that's very minimal honor and so we want to make sure that we have honor I want to honor our visitors today uh, we've got a state fair ticket for you like Riley said uh, it's just the gift of family time my family we love going to the fair we thought you'd appreciate that maybe more than a coffee cup Or some t-shirt. So we we just thought we'd give you the gift of family time. Hang out with your family. Spend some time with them. And uh, enjoy uh, the state fair on us. But there wasn't a state fair last year. So all the calories only count as half. So it's only half. See how you can justify sin. Isn't that something? People can justify whatever they want to justify. Deuteronomy. uh, Chapter 30. And uh, we're going to jump into this. I was so excited to get here today to preach this to you. Couldn't stand it. Let's, uh, let's do chapter 30, verse 19. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, that I set before you blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose. I mean, know you got to choose it. You gotta choose life. People say, Well, why does God send people to hell? Everybody's already going to hell. You're born going to hell unless you receive this gift of mercy, this gift of salvation, which is Jesus. Somebody say amen about that, right? We're born in sin, shape in iniquity. God doesn't send anybody to hell. We're all already going unless we receive this gift of salvation, which is Jesus. So he says, choose life. That both you and your seed, your children, may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God. That thou mayest obey his voice. That thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days. That thou may dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers. To Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. Many times in the Old Testament when God introduces himself, he introduces himself as a a generational God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Anytime you see businesses, it's Samson and Sons or Smith and Sons, or that's a generational business. God is a generational God. He doesn't want the blessing just to go to you. He wants it to go to your children and your children's children. Come on, amen about that. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To give them. Father, thank you for your word today. Anoint your word. Anoint me to minister your word. Anoint the people to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give him praise one more time. You can be seated. Here we go. He makes it clear in verse 19 that we are free moral agents, that we have the right to choose and to define life as a series of decisions. Life is a series of decisions. You are where you are today because of the decisions you made. Uh, whether you went to the gym or, or we ate Oreos or whatever it was, we are where we are today because of the decisions that we made. Uh, you know, it's, it's been statistically proven that you have almost a 0% chance of poverty if you live in America, regardless of your skin tone, regardless of your ethnicity, if you uh, get married uh, uh, before having a baby if you finish high school and you have a job you have almost a zero percent chance of poverty it's the decisions that you make it's very hard to be successful uh very hard not that you can't do it but it's very hard if you're a teenage mom and you've got to go to work and you've got to take care of a baby come on can somebody say amen about it? it's very difficult the odds of you being in poverty go way up it comes down to the decisions that you make you had to make a decision day what you going to wear I mean, if you go in your closet sometimes and you're like, I hate everything I have. Just everything. I have absolutely nothing. You know, you're like, I bought every piece of clothing in here and I hate all of it. But you had to choose. You had to choose what you're going to wear today. You had to choose whether you were going to take a shower or come to church smelling musty. You had to choose whether you're going to brush your teeth, comb your hair. You had to make a decision. Life is about the decisions. We are, we are where we are because of the choices that we made, and good leaders have to take responsibility. Bad leaders always shove responsibility. You will never be what God has called you to be as long as you shove the responsibility for your destiny on the actions of other people. I ain't got to warm up. I'm already hot. I came to church hot today. Come on, I'm, re- I'm just ready. You want a preacher or a player? What do you want? I'm, I'm a you know, let's, let's just go ahead and dive into it. You'll never be what God's called you to be as long as you shove the responsibility for your destiny on the actions of other people. How can you say God is God and say, because of this person, you can't make it? As if any person or, 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 or country or, or politician or anybody had the authority to stop God's plan for your life. You are never at the mercy of people. You are always at the mercy of God. And that's why you cannot violate his principles because your life and your finances and your family and your children and your health are literally in his hands. He's got the whole world. Yeah, y'all know it. See? It's in his hands. You're not at the mercy of anybody. God can can make them hire you. God can make them fire you. God can make them give you the money. God can turn it any way he wants to turn it. And, And when he got through with Pharaoh, Pharaoh let the children of Israel go like a hot potato. God can turn it any way he wants to turn it. You are not at the mercy of people. God can give you the job that other people are more qualified for, more educated for, but God gave you the favor. That's why you, I'm telling you, you are not at the mercy of people. That's why you don't have to be hateful. That's why you don't have to have an attitude. That's why you don't have to pop your neck in two snaps in a circle and, and get all worked up because what God has for you is for you. Nobody can take it. Nobody can steal it. Nobody can rob it from what God has for you for you is for you. Other people can get in the position, but they can't get the power because the oil won't flow. When the horn found the head of David, the oil flowed. Uh, uh, the other brothers lined up. The other brothers that David had lined up to get the position. But what happened when the, when the real man of God, a true prophet, went to pour the oil, the oil wouldn't come out. The anointing told the prophet, this man had another son. He said, you got another boy? Because this oil's not coming out on these boys. He said, well, I got David. David came in, and when the horn found the head, the oil flowed. What God has for you is for you. Come on, amen. Isn't that good news? And he says, I place this before you. You're a free moral agent. He says, I place it before you, life and death, blessing and cursing, prosperity and poverty. I place this before you. I place before you the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. And you're going to have to make a choice. And in verse 20, he says that, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey, everybody say obey. obey. That you may obey his voice. Because when you are obedient, you demonstrate love. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. John 14, 15, the Bible says that if you keep my commandments, those are the ones who love me. We can't say you love God and not keep his commandments. We live in a world where it's just love, 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 love. God is love. Everything's love. I can do whatever I want because it's love. I can do whatever I want, be whatever I want because it's love. It's love. I can sin and not have to obey the scriptures because it's love. It's love. That's not what the Bible says. John 14, 15, the Bible says, if you keep my commandments, those are the ones who love me. When the Bible declares God is love, it says it one time in the whole Bible. You know how many times it says God is holy? Over 400 times. How many people you hear talking about God is holy? The angels around the throne don't say love, love, love. They say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, not the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not going to dwell in an unclean vessel. And all these churches that want to talk about LGBTQ, they want to talk about live however life you want to live, they do not speak in tongues. They do not prophesy. They do not have the gifts of the Spirit flowing in those churches because the Holy Spirit will not dwell. It ain't the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you ain't going to legislate the Holy Spirit. You can't command him to flow and heal and deliver and set free. And I don't want to know if you have in church and you say, well, Jesus, let me. Is there signs? Is there fruit? Is there a witness? Do you have a form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof? Is the Holy Spirit flowing and operating in those churches? Are people being healed and delivered and set free by the power of the Holy Spirit? Are those churches just doing church, living the life however they want to live, and then say it? God is love. Oh Jesus! Now look, I, we either got to we either got to work out today or feel good. Which one you want? We can't be at the gym and work out and not it not hurt. If you go to the gym and it don't work, you're not at the gym. You're at the restaurant. Come on. How many people ever work out with somebody? When I work out with Ventry, professional trainer, I'm, I'm, I can't move the next day. Everything in me hurt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? People come to church, they want everything to feel good. Make me feel Don't offend me. Don't hurt me. Don't say anything that challenges me. But they want to grow. You want to grow or you want church to feel good? You, you can't have it both ways. We can't, you can't have a trainer and say, hey, I want to work out really hard and have a six-pack, but I don't ever want to hurt. I don't ever want this to feel uncomfortable. How many people know you're never gonna you're never gonna grow? So so when you come to church and you say, No, I, I want to grow today, I want the word of God, I want that, but oh, that made me feel uncomfortable or, oh, that hurt my feelings or, oh, that, that was offensive. Yeah, that's, that's the word. Jesus said the word is offensive. He actually said it's sharper than any two-edged sword. He didn't say it. The lazy boy didn't make the word. <laughs> Amen? So the Bible says, if you keep my commandments, those are the ones who love me. So tithing is the master key to getting the blessing. The blessing is not the car. The blessing is not the house. The blessing is not the money. Those are the results of the blessing. Amen. That's the fruit, but what we're after is the root. See, you want the root, not just the fruit, because fruit spoils. Every so often, you've got to get a new car. You've got to get new, new clothes. You've got to get more food. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? Like, so you don't just want the blessing. You, want the, you, you don't want the fruit of the blessing. You want the blessing. And it's, an, it's the anointing of God that allows you uh, to do above your natural ability and have success in every area. That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And there are two systems operating. There's a system of this world, and then there's God's system, the kingdom system. And you're going to have to choose which one you're going to operate in. And, and the world system is based in selfishness. Uh, it operates by fear. And, and Satan is the god of that system. The world system operates by fear. Even their love is operated in fear. Love me, accept me, have compassion for me, or we will attack you, we will cancel you, and the mob will riot outside your door. And so their love is rooted in fear. It's called imperfect love. But our love is not imperfect. It is agape love, it's perfect love, which casts out all fear. Come on. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. The world wants you to love them by imperfect love, and if you don't love their lifestyle, they will attack you. That's called imperfect love, and they operate and control by fear and manipulation. So all the major companies in America have to endorse whatever they want to endorse because they will cancel them and so they endorse them out of fear. Oh Jesus. But we do not we do not operate in fe- out of out of fear. We do not operate out of, operate out of imperfect love. We operate out of perfect love because perfect love casts out all fear. Praise the Lord. So you got to know your Bible. You got to know the word, not just your feelings. Some of y'all know your feelings more than you know the word. But it doesn't say the just shall live by feelings. It says the just shall live by and walk by faith. The world system does not line up with the word of God. The world system has a set of norms and values. In other words, if a group of people decide that something's okay, they get together and they come out and announce to America that this is okay. They don't consult the Bible about it. They don't consult the word of God about it. They don't look to the scriptures. They don't pray about it. They don't ask the Holy Spirit for interpretation. If a group of people in our world get together and decide that something's okay, they come out and tell you that it's okay. That's how the world's going to operate. There was a time that those same people said slavery was okay. There was a same time in our world where people got together and came, came out and said it's okay to kill Jews. My entire last name is made up because of a group of people got together and said it's okay to kill Jews. My grandfather, my real last name is Brazos, But my grandfather was a Jew that left to escape the Nazis in World War II, joined the British Air Force in the Bahamas, married my grandmother, who was a black Bahamian, and changed the name to Brozazog. It's a made-up name. It's a fictitious name. You Google it, I know everybody with that name. (laughs) I'm the only one you'll ever meet. But there was a group of people who decided it's okay to kill Jews, Legally round them up, put them in concentration camps. So just because a group of people decide something's okay does not mean it's okay. Did you hear what I said? And that's how the world is going to operate. The world's going to say this is how we do things and, and uh, the world's going to say we have our own ways of getting healed. We have our own ways of doing prosperity. We have our own ways of doing marriage. We have our own ways of deciding how we think things should happen, how we think things should be, and they control norms for how they want it to be, and words are acceptable when they're acceptable, and they're not acceptable when they're not acceptable, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's a baby shower for them until, unless they want to abort the baby. There's been over 9,000 babies aborted in Minnesota this year alone. Over 9,000. 7,000 of them were Planned Parenthood in, in, in a Minnesota. Murders. You don't have to say amen. I will speak for, for, for babies. If you're scared, I will speak for babies. I'm not ashamed to speak up for babies. And at one time, there was. For all of us, we were a part of that system. We were a part of that world. But there was one day that we got born again. We got saved. And we moved out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And we made a decision that our life will no longer be made by our feelings, but by faith according to the word of God. The Apostle Paul says, once you get saved, you are no longer Jew nor Greek nor Gentile nor bond, nor free, nor male, nor female. But we are all one in Christ. So you are not a people. It says you are not a people, and you have become a people. You had no identity, and now you have become a person with identity in Christ. So your identity cannot be in your gender. Your identity cannot be in your skin tone. You are more than the amount of melatonin in your skin. Your identity cannot be in your ethnicity. Your identity is in Christ. In Christ. You will spend eternity in heaven because of who you know Christ. And we have become one in Christ. Everybody say, we're one. We're one in Christ. Now, the kingdom of God operates different. The kingdom of God operates in agape, unconditional love. Jesus is the head of that system. And so it's based in in love. It operates by faith. Jesus is the Lord of that system. And the world is not going to understand uh, bringing a tithe or bringing an offering to God. They're not going to understand bringing 10% uh, of what God gives you back to him. It's like the illustration I gave last week. God gives you 10 donuts, And he's saying, you know, bring one, give one to this. And you're going, no, I don't want to do that. And I gave the illustration of if you gave 10 donuts to your kid and said, go in the house and give one to another kid and they didn't, you would correct that child. You would say you're being selfish. And if we can understand it with donuts, we can understand it with the kingdom of God. Amen. And uh, the world system doesn't understand that. The world has more fear in running out than they have faith in running over. The world system, nobody's going to understand bringing anything to God. They're not going to understand volunteering in the church because it's all about you and your family and your kids and your marriage and your sleep. They're not going to understand that. They're not going to understand sacrifice. See, your life will not be measured by what you have. Your life will be measured when you die by what you gave away. I do funerals. Nobody ever talks about how much money you left. They talk about how much money you gave away. They don't talk about, they talk about the time you gave away. They talk about the money you gave away. They talk about what you gave. They never talk about what you left or what you had. They talk about what you gave. They would always come over every Thursday and, and help me with this, or they helped pay for my college, or they helped do that. I have hundreds of funerals. Nobody ever mentions, you know what? They saved all this money they had four houses they had eight cars and i was really honored to know them they had 5 million dollars left in in stocks mutual funds and i just you know was really glad for them that they had that when they died nobody ever says that your life will be measured and remembered by how much of it you gave away And most of you this coming week have no plan to give any of it away. You don't have a plan to give an hour away, a dollar away, a minute away, a talent away, a gift away. Most of your week that's coming is already planned to get, to acquire, to save, to put back. But your life will not be measured by that. Your life will be measured by how much you gave away the words you gave away, the compliments you gave away, the time that you gave away. In the kingdom of God, tithing is the key to empowerment. And so if you choose to operate in this system, you're going to have to choose to make tithing a part of your life. If you're going to choose to operate in the kingdom of God, then that is a decision to to make tithing a part of your life. And tithing is the key to having success in every area of your life. Romans chapter fifteen verses four and five says whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Put that on, put these verses on the screen for me. There you go. For whatsoever things were written before time, talking about the Old Testament, were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have what hope. hope. It's the Apostle Paul Romans fifteen and five? Okay. So if we go all the way back to the Old Testament and look. It says that those things that were written beforehand were written for our learning. They are for our benefit, okay? So so that gives us integrity to the Old Testament. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2. If you got your Bibles, I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture today. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded of the man, saying, Every tree of the garden that thou may freely eat, but of the tree that is in the middle of the garden of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, because the day you do, you shall surely die. God says, you decide what you want to do with the 90, but this 10% belongs to me. I don't know if you believe God can do more with, with, with six days than you can do with seven. If you had $100 a day, do you believe that God could do more with the 90 than you could do by yourself with 100? If God gave you 10,000 today, do you believe that 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 God could do more with 9,000 than you could do with the whole 10,000? That's tithing. If Chick-fil-A can understand it, you can understand it. Amen? Amen. Leviticus 27, verses 30, 31. Because here's the thing, I'm giving you a lot of scripture because people say, you know, tithing, giving, where, where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? Is it, is it that the Bible didn't say it? or is it that you don't want the Bible to say it? Is it the Bible didn't say it, or is it you don't want the Bible to say it? So let's find out what the Bible says. Is that okay? Listen, if you, if you give an offering or tithe right now, and you, before coming to the service today, could not open your Bible and biblically explain to anybody why you give, you don't know why you do it, before you leave here today, you will before you leave today, you'll be able to open your Bible and explain to somebody biblically why you give and why you tithe in the local church, okay? So Leviticus 27, 30, and 31 says, all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land, this is Old Testament, third book of the Bible, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the, it is holy, Unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught his tithe, he shall add thereto a fifth part. God is so serious in the Old Testament about tithing that if you took the tithe and spent it on something else, God says, when you do bring it, I want interest on it. That's what that verse says. If a man finally brings it, God says, add to it a fifth, a fifth part. Add 15% to it thereof. He wants interest. Now, This is Old Testament. We're not under that. But what did the Bible teach us? And Paul said everything in the Old Testament is for our learning and for our understanding. Does that make sense to you? So what we're seeing here is the character and nature of God about how serious God was about tithing in the Bible. Amen? Okay. So I've taught you. I've taught you in Leviticus that if somebody used the tithe on something else, finally brought it, God said he wanted interest on it, okay? Um, Let's keep on reading. It says, and if a man will at all redeem out of his tithe, he shall add there to a fifth part thereof, and concerning the tithe of the herd, the flock, and whatsoever passes under the rod, a tenth, everybody say a tenth, or tithe, shall be what? Holy. Unto the Lord, means set apart, set aside, like a holy cup or a holy grail. You don't use it for anything, it's holy. So nine sheep go under the rod, 10th one's God. Nine goats go under the rod, 10th one's God. Nine cows go under the rod, 10th one's God. This is how they did in the Old Testament. The 10th one always, amen? The first one always belonged to God. Out of all the 10, the first one belonged to God. Now let's go to Genesis 14. Genesis 14, we see Abram bringing the tithe, to the priest Melchizedek. He just got through winning the battle. He went to rescue his nephew Lot. In the Bible days, whoever won the battle got the spoils. Okay? Now let's read it. Genesis 14 and 18. This is Old Testament. Genesis, you with me? It's the very first book of the Bible. If you can't find Genesis, come to to the altar. All right, Genesis 14. And Melchizedek, king of Salem... Brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be uh, the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hands. And he gave him tithes of what? Of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me a person, give me persons, and take the goods for thyself. And Abram said in the kingdom of Salem, I will not lift up mine hand unto the Lord, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. And I will not take a thread, even a shoe latchet. I will not take anything, least thou say you made Abram rich. He said, I don't want man to bless me. I want God to bless me. Because how many people know when people bless you, you owe them the rest of your life. But if God blesses you, you have no one to thank but the Lord. Oh, I'm going to say that again. When God blesses you, you have no one to thank but the Lord. Amen? Amen. He says, I'm no longer depending on the world system to bless me. I'm depending on God to bless me. I want the blessing, not just the money. I want the blessing. Now let's look at um, Hebrews 620. It says, Jesus is made a high priest after the order of who? Melchizedek. Hebrews 7, let's go to Hebrews 7, 1 through 7. It says that this Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also the priest of God's Most High. When Abraham was returning home after winning the battle, we just talked about against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Then Abram took a tithe of all he had captured in the battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of what? King of justice, not social justice. Not animal justice, not this justice and that justice. The king of what? Justice. And the king of Salem means king of? There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning or end of his life, he remains a priest forever resembling the son of God. This is called a Christophany in the Old Testament. A Christophany is a theological term which is any time Jesus appeared in the Old Testament. It is called a Christophany. The same thing when Jacob wrestled with the angel, that's a Christophany. He wrestled with Jesus. Melchizedek here is Jesus showing up in the Old Testament. That's why it says that he has no mother or father or any ancestors, no beginning or end of his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God. Does that make sense to you? So in the Old Testament, this is before the law. How many of you ever heard that tithing's under the law? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that, tithing's under the law. This is pre-law. There is no law. There's no Moses. There's no Ten Commandments. This is tithing before the law. Tithing has nothing to do with the law. Tithing existed before the law. It existed in the law, and it existed after the law. Because it has nothing to do with the law. It has everything to do with love. Abraham won a battle. He now meets Christ He gives him tithes of all with no commandment, no law to do it. He does it out of love. His love and his thankfulness for God in his life, what God had done in his life, helping him win the battle. How many of you God has helped you win some battles? Out of his love for God. This is pre-law. There's no law here. This is Abraham, not Moses. This is the father of the faith. He brings a tithe to the priest Melchizedek and says, I want the blessing. I am so thankful for what you've done in my life. I am bringing you a tithe, 10% of everything that you have done in my life because you helped me win the battle. you see that? So when people wanna say, well, tithing's in the law, tithing is in the law, but tithing was before the law. People did it with no command to do it. They did it out of love and thankfulness. Amen? Amen. Tithing is about the blessing. So tithing cannot be a part of your giving program. Tithing is not generosity. Tithing comes out of your love for God, your obedience to God, and you say, God, this belongs to you. And when you do it, you remove the curse off your life that came on all of our lives in Genesis. Genesis. The ground was cursed. That's why you sweat. When you got here, if I say, go cut the grass, I'm gonna pay you $100 to cut the grass, there's gonna be sweat coming off your face. That's the curse. Amen? It says, by the sweat of your brow, you shall eat bread. It made work hard. That's the curse. In Malachi chapter three, verse six, it says, or verse eight, it says, you are cursed with a curse. Because you've robbed me. It doesn't mean because you didn't tithe, God put a curse on you. It means because you didn't tithe, you are still under the curse from Genesis. But when you tithe, it God removes that curse and allows you to prosper. Oh, Jesus. Amen? You can't say, well, we're not... We're not, that, that's why there's still pain and childbearing. That's why there's still funerals. Amen? And what happens when you tithe is you get the blessing of God on your life. And the word Malachi, when I read from Malachi, Malachi means messenger. It's just the me, I'm just a messenger today. I'm not, I didn't invent the message. I'm the messenger. Amen? Malachi says it over and over again, bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse that there might be meat in my house and prove me now, which saith the Lord if I want to open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. So every time you see a tithe, you see a blessing. Every time you see somebody being obedient, and putting God first, you see the outpouring and the overflow. If I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a, you will not have room enough to receive. That is overflow. How many of you want overflow? See, work Work can make your life full, but only God can make your life overflow. And you got to make sure there's no sin in your life. Put God first in this area of your life. This is pre law. All right, let's do another one. Genesis 28. Come on, at the gym, another rep. Let's go. Get it up, get it up, get it up. Genesis 28. 18 through 22, and Jacob rose up early in the morning and took a stone that he had put for his pillow and set it up for a pillow and poured oil on top of it, and he called the the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that place was called loose at first, and Jacob vowed a vow, saying, if God will be with me and God will keep me in this way that I go and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house, then shall the Lord be my God, and the stone that I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and of all, of what? Of all, of what? Of all that the Lord shall give me, I will surely give a Amen. unto thee. This is the second illustration, pre-law. This is before the law. Some people say, well, tithing's under the law. This is pre-law. This is in the Bible before the law. This is the second illustration. I'm giving you biblically of people tithing Without the law, out of love, out of their obedience to God, out of God's faithfulness in their life, God is faithful to them, God's blessed them, and out of that, their heart says, I want to give a tenth to God. Does that make sense to you? There's two illustrations I just gave you biblically in the Bible of tithing before the law. Now you can open up your Bible when you leave today. And when somebody tells you tithing's under the law, and we don't have to do that anymore, and that's not that's 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 a lie. You, I just gave you two biblical illustrations, or two biblical stories of tithing before the law. You couldn't do that before you got to church today. <laughs> Amen. Now let's go to y'all. Still with me? Let's go to. Uh, tithing in the law. I'm going I'm to go a little quicker in this just for the sake of time. Deuteronomy 14.22, this is tithing in the law. Okay? It says, thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, that thou shalt, uh, that the field bringeth forth year by year, that thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in his place, which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of the corn, the tithe of the wine, the tithe of the firstlings of the herd, the tithe of the flock, that thou mayest uh, learn to fear the Lord in all his ways. So uh, there was three different tithes that they actually had under the law. They actually tithed them three times under the law. There was a tithe to the Levites. Uh, there there was a tithe um, uh, to the poor. So there was three different tithes that they had um, in, the, in the Old Testament. This is tithing under the law. Um, and it says you needed to obey it in order to have... Uh, tithing under the law. Three types of tithing under the law. The tithe to the Levites, uh, the tithe that went to the Lord's feast and sacrifice, and the tithe that went to the poor, um, uh, and for them to have their own dwelling. But I don't want to tithe because somebody made a law for me to tithe. Do you want to tithe because there's a law saying you got to tithe? I don't want to do that. I don't want to tithe because somebody made a law saying I got to do it. Amen? But they had it. This was a tithe under the law, and people say, well, I don't have to tithe because it's under the law. I've shown you two places where tithing existed before the law. There was a system of tithing before it, and there was a system of tithing in it. Now, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11, write it down, Hebrews 7, 11, says if tithing by the Levites was so good, this is Levites were the law, If tithing by the Levites were so good, why are we calling on another high priest to come after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Aaron? So let's explain this. Uh, Jaden and Reese, come up here real quick. Run up here real quick. So I'm preaching on a little deeper level today. I typically don't preach on this deeper level, but I want you guys to be able to have this. Uh, Reese, stand over here. Jaden, you stand there. So this is Aaron. Everybody say Aaron. Aaron represents the law that came out uh, in the Old Testament where they had three different tithes that they had to give uh, for the law, okay? He represents that. Reese over here represents Melchizedek, which represents Jesus. No law, love. No law out of our, our heart for God, our generosity that he gave us, we are giving to him. Does that make sense to you? So this is Melchizedek this is Jesus, this is Aaron, this is the law. And this is where Hebrews chapter seven, verse 11 comes in. It says, if tithing by the Levites, by the law, was so good, if that's so great, okay, why are we calling on another high priest to come after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Aaron? Does that make sense to you? So he's saying, tithing by the law is not good. So we need a new high priest, which is Jesus, that we give to out of our love for God, our compassion to God, our generosity to God, not after the order of the law, not after the order of Aaron. Does that make sense? So Jesus was made a high priest under the order of Melchizedek. No law, no commandment, just love. Everybody say love. Now, let's go to Matthew 22. You guys okay for a minute? Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard, this is New Testament, when the Pharisees heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt... Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and strength, and thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two laws hang what? All the laws and the prophets. So he says, what's the greatest law? So they had all these laws. So under Aaron, they had hundreds of laws. You got to do this, 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 and you got to for this, you got to for this, you got to for, this, you gotta for this, and you can't do 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 this, and you can't. There was hundreds And so they tried to trip up Jesus saying, what's the greatest one out of all these hundreds? And Jesus said, the greatest one is love. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor like you love yourself. And he says, on this law, the law of love, hangs all these laws. So imagine a curtain rod. Anybody ever heard that curtain rod? You know, when you don't have the money, you gotta get the one that's, you know, you try to put the tension on it and then it falls down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you got Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, you got that curtain rod, and then imagine all the little hooks on it are all the laws. But that one rod is the rod of love. So, if love comes down, all of them come down. If love stays, then they all stay. Does that make sense? So, he says this law of love hangs all these laws. I can't explain no better. You gotta go to another church if you want any better. As me. <laughs> so, when people say we don't have to tithe anymore because tithing's under the Old Testament and Jesus came to destroy the law, Whew, praise God! We got tithe and give because that's under the law and Jesus came to destroy the law. So, we just give $10, $5, a dollar, nothing. Because that's under the law, and we got to tithe under the law because Jesus came to destroy the law. <laughs> How many of you ever heard that preach? Raise your hand if you ever heard that preach. Let's look at what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Put on the screen for me. Matthew 5, 17. Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy. But to what? So if anybody taught you Jesus came to destroy the law, this is out of the mouth of Jesus. These are red letters. I have not come to destroy the law. I have come to fulfill the law. So then the last question is, what is the fulfillment of the law? Romans 13.10. Paul tells us the answer. Romans 13.10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So in the Old Testament, don't commit adultery. That's a law. In the New Testament, there's no law that says not to commit adultery. But we have love. So my love for Joanne fulfills that commandment. So the reason we don't commit adultery on our wives is not because there's a law that says we can't do it. The reason we don't do it is because we love our wives and we love the Lord. Love the Lord your God and love your wife like you love yourself. So that law fulfills that commandment. In the Old Testament, there's a law, you gotta gotta serve X amount, you gotta do this in in the temple. You got in the New Testament. There's no command to volunteer. But our love for God, our love for the people of God, fulfills that commandment. Does that make sense to you? In the Old Testament, there's a law that says you gotta tithe three times. In the New Testament, there's no commandment to tithe. There's no law to do it. The reason we do it is because we love God and we love the people of God. So if our love for God fails and falls, if our love for God's people falls, guess what falls? Tithing, volunteering, giving, coming to church, serving in God's house because we don't love. That's why when you get offended, you stop tithing. That's why you get offended, you stop volunteering. That's why, because it fell. The rod, the push, the pressure, it fell. Have I mean, you ever had it fall? And when it fell, everything, all of it fell. That's what God is saying. You got to keep that law of love. Because all the laws, all the things that he has he impressed on our heart to do, hang on that love. And if we let that go, all the things we're, that God wants us to do for our children, our wives, Ourselves, the kingdom, it all is on that one curtain rod. And we're under New Testament, Melchizedek, love, Jesus Christ. So tithing existed, I showed you tithing existed before the law. I showed you. Abraham tithed, uh, um, uh, Jacob tithed, and then I showed you tithing in the law. Three times, Aaron. And then I showed you tithing after the law. So serious in the New Testament that when Ananias and Sapphira went to bring their tithe, they kept back part of it. the Holy Spirit killed them in church. It's not a very encouraging sermon. <laughs> but they literally died in church because they 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 kept half of it in the New Testament. Does that make sense to you? Give these two a big God bless you. Thank you guys so much. I'm almost done. Is this helping you? James 1, 7 says, every good and perfect gift comes from him. So it is my honor and my joy to bring the tithe to God because how many of you have some good and perfect things in your life? Right? God brought that into your life. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 14. I promise you I'm almost done. Go quick with me. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 14. It says, but this is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands. Regulations and decrees I am giving you today. See, when you're broke, it's actually easy easy to tithe. As somebody who's been broke before, if you make $10, your tithe is a dollar. You're broke whether you tithe or don't tithe. (laughs) You might as well cast my bread upon the water and see what, you know what I mean? Like tithing's easy when you're broke. It's when you get into that, oh, I made 100,000, 200,000, dollars and now you realize that tithe is like, man, that's, I could do something with that. Right? You want to you ask how much is too much in your life? The moment you can't tithe on it, it's too much. If it's too much for you to tithe, God's like, all right, that's it. That's what I'm saying. No matter how much he blesses you, keep putting him first. Keep honoring God. Come on, amen? And this is the Bible. It says, don't forget God. For when you have become full and prosperous verse 12 put on the screen when you have become full and prosperous and have uh, built fine homes to live in and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and your gold have multiplied stock market along with everything else be careful do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. How many of you, God's brought you out of slavery to sin and addiction and bondage and disgust. He saved you. You didn't save yourself. He saved you. Don't forget him. Ecclesiastes 7.4. Ecclesiastes 7.4. A wise man thinks a lot about death. Not an encouraging Verse. A wise man thinks a lot about death while a fool thinks only about having a good time. A wise man thinks, you know what, I'm not gonna live forever. One day I'm gonna gonna go into eternity. And only what you do for God counts. If I do your funeral and you're laying there and everybody's coming by and everybody's saying, oh, you know this, and they're they're talking about what you gave away, all your stuff, everything, your house, your car, your jewelry, you leave it all. You leave it all. I'm there. I'm there. I'm looking at your flesh. And they close that lid for the last time and they put you six feet under. Only what you did for God counts. Your life is sealed, finished, done. Give an account. Give an account for your 20, 30, 30, 50, 70 years, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with it? Give an account for your education. Give an account for your freedom. Give an account for the opportunities that you had. Give an account for the wealth that I gave you. What did you do with what I gave you? That's the question all of us are going to have to answer when we stand before God. What did you do with what I gave you? Luke 12, my last verse, Luke 12 15 through 21, then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. You see it? Life is not measured by how much you own. Life is measured by how much you give away. Then he told them a story. This is Jesus. This is your Savior speaking. He told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to him, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods and sit back and say to myself, my friends, you have enough stored up away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Right? Isn't that what we say? Hey, I can't come to church this week. I gotta work, I can't tithe right now. i love to tithe, but I'm trying to really get my business off the ground. I can't volunteer right now because I'm really trying to get myself. I'm trying to get off the ground, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying, to do this. I'm trying to do this, because I'm trying to get to this place one day where I can just sit back, eat, drink, be merry. Then I'm gonna serve God. Then I'm gonna be generous. Then I'm going to like really, I'm gonna really, you know, be the person God wants me to be. I got, I got an illustration for it. Come on out, uh, DaVinci and Jorge, wherever they are, uh, side stage. I'm getting my, my stage people to help me real quick. Come on out. Let's do this little illustration. So he says, let's read it again, verse 16. Then he said to them, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced what? Put it on the screen, verse 16. Find crops. And he said to himself, What should I do? I, will, I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, "I know. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones." So let's have Jorge. Where's Jorge? Put it up. You want to do it here? You want to do it here? Um, That's fine. Let's do it. Let's do it here. Okay. So this is Da Vinci's. Um, I came up with this last night, so I've never done this before. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, you be the Lord. Okay. You, you're, you're in this water. Is the blessing. Some know of you know that water is in, in scripture throughout scripture is a sign of the blessing? So this is the blessing. You're the you're them. Alright? You're the you're the child of God. Okay? And this is your life. Hold it up. This is your life. Okay? You don't have to hold it up that way. Just put it there, actually. Okay. So Da Vinci, start pouring the blessing into his life. So Vinci, is gonna start pour, oh jeez. Start pouring the blessing into his life a little more. So he's pouring the blessing into his life. Keep going. Okay, so now, stop. So what, what's happening? What's happening? It's overflowing. It's overflowing. Okay, so, you can stop for a minute. So it's overflowing. So this is what he has, and this is, we should have maybe rehearsed it or something. Um, so this is a blessing going into his life, and it's overflowing, Right? See, this is what God wants. God wants overflow. God says, if you tithe, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. He doesn't have room enough to receive. Okay, so keep pouring the blessing. Keep pouring the blessing. Okay, you got to go get a bigger. You got to go get something else. So he's going to pour the blessing. Keep pouring the blessing. So he's getting a bigger... He's getting a big, come on, you got this is your blessing, keep it, it's not mine. Okay, stop. Okay, so now he's got this blessing, you gotta go get a bigger blessing, you gotta, so this is God pouring out the blessing, He pouring it out. Okay, so take that blessing, put it, okay, keep going. Okay, so now he's getting, he's getting blessing, He's getting blessing. Come on, you want more, don't you? you Wants that blessing? Oh man, look at that blessing. Woo, that's a big blessing. I like big blessings, and I cannot lie. All right, that's good. Now go. Now go get another. Now see. The problem is. Here's the problem. The problem is. God gave him. God had given him. Keep going. God, see, now he's pouring that, see? Pouring that. Don't lose the blessing. See, he's, see the, he, okay. So stop, stop for a minute. So here's what's happening. He, he had this, God, God blessed him, and what God wanted was overflow. God wanted it to overflow to your neighbor, to your family, to this person, to that person. But what did he do? What do he do? He goes, "Oh no, I will tear down what I've got and go get a bigger bless a bigger barn." Right. And then when that got full, he instead of God saying, "Okay, I've given you that now, will you let it overflow?" Nope, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get this. Right. So now he now now he's how old are you now? Thirty. Look, you forgot for a minute. So he's thirty, <laughs> and now it's filling up. And then it's going to start to God's like, "Well, hey, you're 30 now and now you've got three homes and now you got four cars. And I will you let it overflow now?" No, I'm going to go back and get another barn. And then now you got now you got this, now you got that. Will you let it overflow now? Nope. I got to go back and get another. And come back. and we spend our 20s, our 30s, our 40s our fifties, our sixties, and no matter what, no matter how much God gives us, we keep, we will not let it overflow. We won't let it overflow. And we keep going back to get more barns and more barns and more barns. And this is what Jesus says. Put verse 20 up, put verse 20 up. Verse 20 on the screen. Jesus says, but God said unto him, you fool, you will die this very night tonight you 're going to die, and then who will get everything you work for who's gonna, who's going who's going to do what are we going to do with it who 's going to take the houses the cars the who's, what are we going to do with it and you had nothing in your life built on overflow for the kingdom to be a blessing to other people to be a blessing to other uh family members or, or friends or people that you meet or organizations, you, 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 you would not let it overflow in your life. God wants to be the God of overflow. He's not trying to just bless you. He's trying to bless those around you. Does that make sense? And so instead of allowing his blessing to overflow, he said, I'll tear down and go build something that will catch My overflow. Give these guys a big round of applause. Because greed, greed makes you tear down your own stuff. Greed makes you tear it down. He said, I will tear down. You can come play something for me. My band can come. I'm done. He said, I will tear down my own barns and build bigger ones. You'd be shocked. If you let greed get in your heart, you'll tear down your marriage you'll tear down your children, you'll tear down your family, you'll tear down your health just to try to stop the overflow. Don't tear down things in your life just to keep the overflow. Let it overflow. Let God open unto you a window and pour out a blessing. You go, I don't have room enough to receive. Here, you take it. Here, let me give it to you. Here, let me bless you with it. Here, let me, but but see, we, we don't do that. We have this spirit of greed and selfishness that says, I gotta, more, I gotta get 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 more. Instead of having a heart of generosity. And there's no law to tithe. You can come to this church for years. Your family can be a part of it. Your kids can be a part of it. Your teenagers can come every Wednesday night. You can enjoy all the ministry and never give a penny and never volunteer and I'll never send you one invoice. Never. Never. Okay? Because the people who are tithing want you to be blessed whether you tithe or not, you give or not, you you serve or not. As a tither of this church, I want you to be blessed whether you ever tithe or not. But I'm teaching this because God wants you to be a person of overflow. Does that make sense to you? You bring the tithe into the storehouse, your church, but all of this is overflow. That's the anointing, like the oil that came on Aaron's head. It ran off his beard, onto his clothes, and it just flowed. That's what God wants to do. He doesn't want to just get it to you. He wants to get it through you. And the world operates in a totally different system. Your success coaches, your finance coaches, they're not going to tell you this. They're going to say, you need to get 30 bins and put it under the table so you catch all of that. Like, that's what they're going to tell you because they're not operating under kingdom principles. As a believer, you don't operate under the world system, you operate under God's system. So now we're getting ready to leave. And when you leave today, you can open your Bible and explain to people tithing before the law, in the law, after the law, and to not focus on things, but to think about eternity. Did you get something out of this today? Come on, give God a big praise.